Hey everybody, this is Drive Through Review 451, and today we're going to talk about Mombasa. This is a game from Pegasus Spiel, and I believe R&R Games is bringing it over to the United States if you live here. Uh, this is a very interesting game. It has sort of like a mechanical salad of stuff. So it has like a little bit of deck building, a little bit of card drafting, a little bit of area control, a little bit of stock into it, but it all fits and works together as a whole. A little review spoiler there, but it does work together well. Uh, very interesting, and the mechanics are not just put together. They don't feel put together. They feel pretty integrated. Uh, let's go into how it works and some of the mechanics and stuff, and then I'll come back on the other side and tell you what I think of it. So Mombasa is about the exploration and the exploitation of Africa and kind of abstractly chronicling and that journey and that exploration for these different companies and also investing in these different companies. You can see there's four companies here. You've got St. Louis and Cairo, and Mombasa itself, and then Cape Town down here and then also sort of chronicling all of that. <laughs> That's the theme of it. Now, that comes across actually pretty well, but it is definitely more of a mechanically driven Euro with some different elements. You can see some areas here for card drafting. Those are gonna get added into kind of a deck, but more just a hand of cards. You can see here's cards here and a starting player color. So you're gonna get these cards to start the game, and then you're also gonna get one of these other cards depending on where you are in turn order. And you can be playing these cards each round, acquiring new ones to add to your hand of available cards. And there's a deck of these that are going to come out and have new cards come out. And then you can see there's tracks here around the board. And these are random. Uh, there's a basic setup, but what you can do is you can deal these out and shuffle these up. And you can see there's a C1 and a C2. That's because these are double-sided. And you're going to attach these randomly to these different companies. So again, it's not a historical simulation because each of these sort of gets a special ability depending on how they're randomly dealt out. And you have a track here attached to each of these. And each player has a disc that's gonna move down that track and so this is sort of your level of investment in that company as well as you get access to different special abilities as you move down the track. Now a lot takes place on this board to be sure, but a lot also takes place on the player boards themselves. So here you can see an example of a player board. You may not be able to see this kind of crystally diamond looking figure here. This is going to start on your diamond track and it's going to go around and you're going to get points at the end of the game. Let's get a little rid of some glare whatever number you pass. So if you get around here and pass the 40, you'll get 40 extra points or 40 money actually in this case. And then you have this little quill here and this is gonna move along your book track. And similar, you're going to get a certain number of points, you know, whatever the last number you passed was. Now to start the game, you're gonna normally get dealt some of these and you're gonna draft and choose one. This is sort of a starting configuration. The game actually gives you uh, sort of a basic setup as well, but you'll take one of these, whatever you picked, and you'll put your quill on here and this gives you a sort of a starting book that you need to have in front of you and then you'll acquire more books and then be able to sort of move along the track. And this is also gonna tell you a couple of other things. This is gonna tell you to actually move one space on your diamond track to start the game, and then you're gonna move one space on the St. Louis track, and then these three cards are actually going to already have been played out of your hand. So if we take a look here, you can see there's three slots on this side and three slots on that side. So everybody has the same set of cards to start with, except for this one. Again, the players get this based on where they're at in turn order, so whoever goes second will get this one. Otherwise, it's the same. So we can see here, this one tells us to put our 
coffee bean and coffee bean one and two and then the uh, sort of the exploration guy and these are going to be spent so he's going to be up here and then we're going to find the coffee bean with the two and then the coffee bean with the one and put that there now on your turn what you're going to do is you're going to take three cards i'll do that randomly right now and you're going to put these face down in these three slots and then everybody's going to reveal them and then this is going to kind of dictate the actions that are available to you. Not 100%, but a good amount of it. Now you can actually unlock a fourth and a fifth slot. As the uh, diamond moves over to here, that will unlock this spot. And then as the quill moves along, you need books here first, but once it hits here, you'll unlock a fifth spot over there. Now, after your turn is done, you'll have to turn these face down after you've activated them or used them to pay for something. And then you're going to choose one of your columns up top. So maybe I'll choose this one. This will go back into my hand. So this will be part of the cards available for next round. And then these are going to move up here like so. And these are going to build up. So the next round, after I have played my cards, and then I grabbed a, st a stack or column, one of these is going to build up, and then you'll kind of set yourself up maybe for a really good round four, where you pull back a really lot of cool cards. And then again, as you unlock this slot and this slot, then you'll have more discard piles above here and above here as well. So in addition to using the cards that you play for actions, you can also have these worker placement pawns, and those will mostly just go in these areas here, although you can unlock different slots on the different tracks. So what are the, some of the things that you can do on your turn? Well, again, the object of the game is to basically make the most money, and again, a big way of doing that is having shares moving down the stock track in the different companies. The first thing you might do is actually get new cards. And you can take a look at the cards here. Now they each have a cost. And this is this number plus the number of the slots. So this one is two plus one, that's three. This one's one plus zero, and that's a one. And the way that you pay for cards is you will activate uh, a certain number of goods in front of you. So let's say these are the three cards I had in front of my player board. I'll take a type of good, activate that. that. This will give me sort of three money. So you can activate you know, all of these as well, these little cotton balls. So you spend one type and then you can buy. So I spent three, so maybe I could buy this one here. This one cost me three. This would go right into my hand. But maybe I wanna buy this one. This one will cost me one again, and this will go to my hand. And then I'll have some money left over to spend. And what you do with the money left over or you could just skip buying the card and have all of the money left over, is you can move on these tracks. So I can say, maybe I bought that one guy for one, and then I can move up and spend the other two on this track here and try to move up and get more stock in that company. So that's all one action. You basically exhaust one type of good and either buy a card and move up the track or just do one or the other. Now the other thing you might do is activate these exploration guys here. So these are these little hats like so. Now anytime you activate these you have to activate all of them that you have available. You can't do ones you choosey pick and choose uh, like you can when you activate the goods. And when you do that you're actually going to do exploration with one of these companies. You just choose one and then you explore with it. So let's use Cape Town. And what you'll do is you'll start to explore with this company. You'll move these little houses off the track. You always have to grab from the top of one of the columns. But what you're trying to do is uncover these coins. So at the end of the game, let's say they ended like this, it wouldn't be very good for uh, Cape Town, but you only get two bucks. So each share of this would be worth two bucks. So if we were, let's say, all the way down here at the five, you'd have five shares of that company, so you'd have 10 bucks, five times two. Now when you use your exploration points, let's say I used three points worth of those hats, that's how much I could move out. So whenever you cross 
a thin line, that uses one point. If you cross a double line, that uses two. So I could do one point here, and then the next one can come off of this one, and that would be two points, that would be one, two, three. And so you can always explore either right adjacent to your sort of home base, or you can make an exploration from one of your houses that you put out there. Now you might get cut off, let's say the Mombasa company comes in this way, they go this way, and then if they come in here, it's gonna be one, two, plus an additional because there's an existing house there. So that would cost them three exploration points to come in there. And then this one would come back here. And so if you were to get cut off, let's say you had one up here, then you can explore out of this one as well. Now, when you're done exploring, you're actually going to activate and get these little bonuses for any of the new tiles that you covered. So you might actually get two book points, which I'll explain in a minute. You might get to move up on the diamond track. You might get to actually advance in the company that you explored with. So if the red one came in here and then they finally got to that area, they would be able to move up two spots on that track. So if the purple plate did that, they'd move up two spots and you get money and stuff like that. Now let's talk about the book points. Here we can see the book track. And so this is also a round track. So this is round one. And then when we do round two, we'll actually grab a stack of gold coins from each of these markers here. And this is different based on the player count. So if there's two, you put one there and one there. Or in the case of round three, we only put the one there. So the first player to grab the book will get a bonus buck, basically. But when you get a book point, you can either spend it and just get a gold for it, or you can grab one of the books. And you can see these are A books here. So you can see the, whoop, the little A. And this is sort of a requirement and thing. So let's say we grab this one. We could put that on our player board, but you have B books and C books. And the C books are usually better, and, but they cost you two book points to buy. So if we go ahead and grab this, we can put this anywhere on our book track. Uh, the only rule here is you can see that you have an A with a line through it. You can't put an A on top of that because it just doesn't allow the A's. Uh, you can cover up books, but you can't cover up a B or a C with an A. But that's what you do when you get book points. And again, you need the books to be able to move your quill down. Now that brings us to the next action. Let's say we had our bookkeeper uh, card here. When we activate this, we can move our quill as far as we can. Now this is a special one. He gives you uh, one additional book point uh, at the end of the movement. Most of the time you get two. But the first thing you can do is you can spend two bucks to turn one of these down. Now you don't really want to do that, but it's not that big a deal. Uh, so you can do that and you can kind of move through him for free. But you can move as far as you want as long as you can pay for the requirements. So let's say we had something like this, okay? So here we need two of the hats, and then here we need one cotton ball and two bananas. And you check that by looking at the cards that are in front of your player board here in your action area. So you have to kind of plan what's gonna be available here, as well as planning to actually have one of the bookkeepers to activate, it's it kind of interesting. So let's say I had two hats in front of me here, so I can move here, and let's say I didn't have this one, so I could have spent that two bucks to sort of flip that down. And then finally, let's say I had you know two hats, two cotton, and two coffee, I can end on this one. And so in this case, you'd get a bonus for the one that you landed on, usually money, maybe more book points. And then of course, you'll get some book points once you activate it, so you can get more books and put them out. And again, you wanna kinda of just progress this to get however many points you pass and then unlock your fifth slot there. 
So that's what happens when you activate one of these guys. Now we also have this little diamond merchant here. And this again, this is a special one, but this one will allow you to move you know, two spaces on the diamond track. There are other ones here, for example, this one allows you to move two spaces and you get a coin. And then this allows you to actually move extra spaces for each of the Cape Town. You can see it's in red for each, every two mine spaces that they're on. If we take a look over here, we can see that some of these spots here have little mine icons. So for every two mine icons, we can move an additional spot. And you can see some of the cards actually are shares. So this is actually counts as an additional share in Cape Town at the end of the game. So that's another reason to buy these. Now the last thing you can do is place on these little worker placement spots. A couple interesting things here. Here's the first one. This one allows you to take the start player marker from whoever has it, but the first player on their first placement can't take that, and that's what that means. So after the first player is placed somewhere or taken their first action, then it's open game for anybody, even the player that currently has the marker. And of course you actually get a book point. This one allows you to spend a dollar, and then instead of paying a type of good, you actually spend money equal to its cost. So this would be a dollar to activate the spot plus another three dollars from here. And then this is an interesting card here. This is like trashing a card. So you could trash maybe this card from your hand and you get two plus two. So in this case, it's the cost of the card plus two. So that would give me four bucks. And that's gonna be important because all these spots here cost money. And the last thing to notice here is this stuff here. This is all max coffee, max cotton, max bananas, max uh, exploration. If you place this here, let's zoom in on this one. It's the same for all of these. But if you, at the time of placement, have the most face up, again, in the action area underneath your player board, then you get to do this action. And then in this case, get some extra money or extra diamonds and so on. And there's different little special abilities as well. You can actually remove... Um, other stations or houses off the board, depending on how much you have. So if I had the max hats and I only had two, I would just be able to move two spaces up the Mombasa stock track and get a buck. But if I had six, I could move four and then get another buck. And then of course you have these spots here, which are really interesting. <laughs> uh, this one that costs you a buck, these all cost you two bucks. And you get these little bonus markers, which you will get at the start of the next round. You don't actually take these right away, but at the end of the round, when you retrieve your cards and discard your cards, and then you retrieve these workers off of here, you'll get these. And so this one actually allows you at some point in your turn to pick a good that you have, and this will count as one more of any good. This is the sort of the special diamond guy. Two diamond space movements plus one for each actual diamond guy card that you have. This is another bookkeeper guy I showed you. And this is just another with the two hats. And the other stuff is, let's look at some of these tracks. So you can see if you move to like this spot here on the track, you'll unlock something. If you move to there, you'll unlock something. In addition, you also get some money. So when you move down there, you get a buck. And this will say, anytime you use a banana to buy a card, the card costs one less, it's kind of cool. Then to jump from here to here, you need to spend five bucks. Once you get to here, you'll get two bucks. And this is kind of an interesting thing because it kind of stacks a little bit with the other one is you can use mix of goods to buy and then all goods cost minus one. So that's really cool. And then there's a, there's a bunch of these. I'll just go over these last two. So if I get to here, I get a buck, but now I have unlocked this worker placement space for just me and anybody else that's passed it. So if I go here and pay two bucks, I can get a book point and some diamonds or the vice versa there. And then a little bit better up there. I'll show you another one. <laughs> I really like this one. So this is like an improved trashing spot. So I can go here, discard a card and get plus three of its value. Or even up here, I can get plus eight of its value so you can get a lot of money that way.
So that's all the actions you can do in the game. So you can see you're trying to, you know, get along on your, your diamond track for points at the end of the game, get move along the book track, get points. And again, a lot of the points are going to come from having stock, trying to sort of clear out and move out all of these different, you know, houses and outposts out here to uncover more of these gold coins. As people move in on you, they're going to have to start stacking them back and they're covering up the gold coins. If you ever uncover a back row of this, then that's permanently unlocked. So if somebody were to put one back, they'd have to put it on the one above that. Uh, so there is some contention and sort of fighting out here for control of that, trying to activate some of the bonuses, get extra book points and stuff. So that kind of, you know, turns and gets back to the general synergy of the board, you know, to your sort of library over here. And again, you're trying to purchase better and better cards. As the card deck kind of moves along, you get, you know, more increased costs and values for different things, you know, four bananas and so on. Uh, different guys who give you three book points. These are just straight shares that come up towards the end of the game and shares in a variety of different companies. But again, most money wins, stock and money and everything combined. Okay, so that's Mombasa. What do I think of it? Well, I really enjoyed the game. It's very interesting because there's a lot of different mechanics going on. You have that whole card play thing where I put some cards in front of me and you know I want to do the right cards kind of for that turn. If I'm thinking about buying more cards, I'll put some goods down, maybe move up some of the stock tracks. And then I got to think about exploration. You know, if I start moving up a track in one of the companies, well, I want to explore with that because then it'll make that company worth more. And I'll be able to also, during the exploration, kick off some little bonus actions. So you've got that aspect of it. But then also the columns that you put them in are going to inform your later turns. So you can kind of stack them up so that like, oh, maybe I've got a bunch of exploration in this right column. So I'll do that. In that turn, I'll be able to take that max exploration action. That's going to work well with the Mombasa company where versus if I have bananas, that works well with Cairo and so on. Oh, excuse me. No, Cape Town. I knew it was Cape Town. I had to look at the board. I confused myself. <laughs> anyway, so that is interesting. That's kind of the interlocking of how that works and the different actions that you take and the planning for that. Uh, and then it's got the worker placement aspect of it, which is sort of the player interaction piece of it. Um, and then you have sort of the area control, which is a little bit of the player interaction. Now, I will say that a two-player game is not going to be the full experience, let's say that. You want the three and the four, and I would say four player is going to be the best experience because then you're going to have the most interaction, you're going to have the most dynamics in terms of activating you know, all the different companies and having some real fights for the area control on the continent itself. And then really kind of you know trying to play smartly with which tracks you move up because there is a consideration between you know getting points and that should be your foremost concern but there are some cool abilities and stuff that you're going to want to unlock like i said my favorite one there is the one where you can trash a card and get that much more money above and beyond the sort of default space on the main board you know there's other ones that'll give you like bonus exploration so anytime you do exploration you've got a plus one or plus two which comes in handy and then it also applies to you know having the max and all that so that will kind of snowball you know with certain companies you'll kind of seem like your strategy will go down in favor of different companies and there's a lot of replayability in terms of that because of those double-sided tracks and everything uh, so overall i really enjoyed it and again it's kind of a mishmash of mechanics you've got these two kind of sort of bogus tracks on the player boards with the diamonds and the um and the books but those are tied to the space and they're kind of tied in thematically because you've got sort of the diamond mines you know some of the special diamond specialists are are focused towards one company or the other there's one for each company i should say and so you want to take over control and have mines out and that's going to push it up you're going to get more points that way um so it's sort of like 
a point salad kind of thing is maybe hiding the theme that's actually there, uh, but it works well from a gameplay perspective. And I think after folks maybe get a game or so in, they can kind of feel comfortable with it. And then the theme is actually gonna come through that's actually been there the whole time. Uh, so I quite enjoyed it. And I think it's gonna have a lot of replayability. Kind of like, you know, everybody's been kind of missing a Feld this year and this feels very Feldy, but also you know, just because of the point salad kind of thing and lots of mechanics, but also feels uh, very sort of like copycat, which is a Friedman freeze, because it's like, okay, you've got this track and area control and deck building and, uh, you know, hand management and dra car drafting and all that stuff, but it's like not sarcastic <laughs> like that game was. This is like, oh, it all kind of actually makes sense and works with the theme, you know? So, uh, so that's really cool. So definitely take a look at it if you haven't already. Uh, Mombasa, thanks.